This episode of Angular Air is sponsored by Auth0, authentication made simple for developers. Modern authentication and identity can be hard, but Auth0 makes it easy. With Auth0, you can enable login with any social provider, have multi-factor authentication, single sign-on, and passwordless login all at the flip of a switch. Find out how to add authentication to your Angular 1 or 2 app in under 10 minutes at Auth0.com forward slash Angular. How's it going? Welcome to Angular Air. I'm Justin Schwarzenberger, and on today's show, we're going to be covering GraphQL and Apollo. Pretty excited to get that started. Uh, before we begin, let me tell you about some upcoming training. Uh, John Papa and Dan Walleen will be doing a two-day intensive Angular 2 training class down in sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida on October 6th and 7th of 2016. Uh, they'll be covering all the basics to get you up and running with Angular 2. So come enjoy some education and some beach time. Uh, go to ng-learn.com to get your ticket. All right, on today's show, we're going to be covering GraphQL. Uh, pretty excited about this. Uh, it's a pretty hot topic. Uh, I think you guys are going to love it. Uh, if you guys have any questions today, uh, feel free to tweet those out using the hashtag ngair, all one word, and we'll look through those questions and hopefully get to a few of those at the end of the show. Uh, hit our guests and our panelists up with those. So today on the show, for our panelists, we have uh, Mike Brocky joining us. Mike, how's it going? Not too bad. Thanks for having me on. Good. And we got Jim Cummins. Jim, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. All right. And we got Dimitri. Dimitri, how are you doing? All good. Thank you. Good. Good. And our uh, guest that we got on the show today, Yuri Goldstein. Yuri, how are you doing? Hello. How are you? Thank you for having me. So, Yuri, tell us a little bit about yourself. What you got going on, and uh, give us a rundown. Um, so, first of all, um, I've been working uh, with the Apollo team uh, from the Meteor company for a few months now on uh, on a client for uh, Angular for GraphQL, which made me learn a lot very early about GraphQL and why it's a very interesting thing. Um, yeah, and uh, and uh, we're it's already out and. Uh, it's very, very interesting, and the technology is very interesting. Like For me, it's very interesting just to present the technology to the Angular community, whatever client you want to use. So, yeah. Very cool, very cool. All right, so uh, GraphQL, let's get started with that. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what it is and, and really like what does it solve for us, right? Uh, so first of all, I want to uh, just say that I have a surprise. Uh, for those who are already like using uh, Angular and uh, and GraphQL and Apollo, then I got with me here. Uh, we can squeeze in together. Uh, Camille, which is the top contributor uh, for our for our repository, um, and uh, yeah, and we work together. And we just we we came here together to San Francisco to work uh, with the Meteor and Apollo team and work with the Angular team to get it all to show them all the stuff that we were doing and to like get feedback from them. So it's been very interesting. So, so yeah. hi, everyone. Nice awesome. Thanks for joining us. Quite good. Cool. Yeah, so we're squeezing tight here. So it's going right. to be interesting. Um, yeah, so GraphQL, um, it, it, how, to, how to start? Well, um, it's basically an enhancement that you can add to your app uh, on top of uh, that serves the same purpose, let's say, in your front-end app as, uh, as a REST endpoint, as a REST API. So it's, uh, it's a new protocol. It's an open-source protocol that Facebook introduces. Uh, they are, have been using it internally since 2011 or 12, I think. Um, and they open-sourced it a bit over a year, a year ago. Um, and the, there's many advantages of this protocol, and we'll talk a bit more about it uh, when we go in. Um, but the, like a quick, uh, like quick things that are you immediately get when you use it is first of all the API is uh, by, by nature it's always self document it's you it's always like document itself like every if you have the API you have the documentation like it's tightly coupled you can change it. It's a, a typed API, so you know exactly the types that you're going to get from the server. You can also, like, as a client, you can ask the server 
what fields can I take for, can I get from the server? So you don't need to start talking to all kinds of like backend developers figuring out what you're gonna get from the REST endpoint, and then if something inside the REST endpoint changed, then you, you understand it when you get it into your app. And it's also more efficient, like the client asks the server what it wants, so you only get, you will only get the fields that you need. So actually for mobile, like what the reason Facebook used that is they needed a faster and better API for their mobile apps. They did a huge revolution, a mobile revolution in 2012, and they needed a better API, more efficient API, while still using their old backends. So then they introduced this technology, and basically if you're like writing modern web apps and you want to get fast connection, then this is also more efficient than the standard REST for client-server um, information. Um, yeah, and, and, and one thing is important, like when I, when I started to talk about it is that before I start, we start diving into it, is that it's not against, it's not like a technology against REST. We're not going to do the um, REST is better than this, this is better than that. It's, uh, you can use it with REST together in your same app. You can, if you, and then you can slowly migrate into that or just use it in certain endpoints where it makes sense and certain components of your app. Um, yeah, so this is cool. an important thing to know, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things that I've uh, kind of discovered diving into it is really it's it's a, a there's that problem when we build these client side applications right that we're now thinking about we got to make these calls to get our data from the client right and then we, we want to compose our views and maybe have this rich uh, information that we're showing that touches multiple pieces of data and how do you do that without making a ton of uh, XHR calls, right? And bring and also, how do you do that and, and only bring back the data that you need for that particular UI? And I think that's where this whole GraphQL story fits really nicely. Is that you you start running into this and going, how do I solve that and how do I make that efficient? And it's like, oh, GraphQL has a nice solution for that, right? So, yeah, yeah. What about um? Uh, so tell us about Apollo and how does that fit in? Um, so so Apollo is a, is is a uh, first of all it's a, it's a uh, we're a team that is focused around GraphQL, uh, providing tools around GraphQL. So it means that we provide tools for the client, and the client means any any JavaScript or, or native client. So we have tools for just a regular JavaScript client. We have tools for Angular 1, Angular 2, uh, React uh, clients. And there's iOS and Android clients on the way. Um, and also we provide tools on the server. So. Uh, if you want to use, um, uh, if you want to use, like, to have more tools to write, uh, like, uh, your your uh, GraphQL endpoints on the server, then we provide some tools to help you with that. Uh, you can use it with whatever, like, server you want. There's, doesn't matter the language, and also doesn't matter, let's say, if you use Node, doesn't matter which, like, if you use Happy or Express or whatever, you can use our tools with whatever, um, with whatever framework you're using. Um, and also, we actually, in last week, we introduced, uh, like, a, like, a really, like, a, a small thing is the, the and this is all open source. This is, we don't sell it, we don't do anything. But, um, but, the, but we do sell a product that is kind of, it helps you uh, look around onto your, all your organization uh, GraphQL endpoints and to let you uh, you get get better information about uh, what endpoints uh, are more expensive. How, how can you improve your API? Because we, with GraphQL, you get so much more information, and there aren't tools that actually uh, gives you all that information like, very easily. So that's a poll. Um, and and I am focused obviously more on the like the Angular side. Um, and what I wanted to say is that. Uh, why do we actually you need clients? So there's the Angular client, for example. Um, and one interesting thing is that, uh, and GraphQL is like REST, right? It doesn't need to be anything of uh, framework specific. Uh, you can use it with any clients. But one very cool thing about GraphQL is that your, when you specify your requirements for your data, they, are they can be statically analyzed, which means that the client can do very interesting stuff, uh, and this is actually the 
I think more, maybe the most exciting thing about it. Uh, in Angular 2, uh, we introduced a lot of, there's, uh, and also now it's becoming also in Angular 1, we introduced a lot of new concepts, for example, components. So now we all, everyone is talking about components, everyone is like taking like uh, self-contained components and it's all fine. But I don't know if it's because the Angular 1 is not in, in, in production, but, but it looks like it's going to be very soon, like going to be the final version. Um, nobody is talking about how does it make, how different it, it makes for the way you fetch your data from the server. So yeah, all your components are like self-contained, but then you call one global service to fetch your information from the server. Uh, so your components are not self-contained anymore. Right? Like, uh, if, if, let's say, I have a, I can maybe show some, uh, I'll try to do it with my head, but maybe, uh, <laughs> but if you have, like, a child component and a parent component, and now you fetch the data from the, parent, from the server from the parent component, or some kind of store, whatever you do, um, like a general store, if it's Redux or NGRX, then if the child component changed, now you need to change the data requirements also in other places, so it's not self-contained anymore. But let's say with the Apollo client and the Angular client, or it, and it doesn't matter, even with the Relay, if you want to use Relay, uh, then you can specify the data requirements of each component, self-contained inside the component, and when and the clients will go over and fetch those requirements and merge them into one single request from the server. And it's important because if something changed in the child component, uh, let's say you, change, you want to fetch not only the name and the picture, but you want to fetch the name, the picture, and the age, you just change it in the se that single component, and that's it. Uh, all the rest of your application doesn't need to, to know about it. If, like, you have teams scattered around different parts of your app, they don't need to ch know about it. Like, Facebook has, I don't know how many teams. Uh, and that's how they do and organize their things. Um, and, and, and for me, it says that we need a new, now that Angular 2 is going to be out and we're going to embrace new, uh, new standards or new, or new best practices, we need also to, to get new tools and new best practices to fetch the data from the server that fits to those new things that we all learn now, like components and things like that. Right, right. Well, I think we definitely want to see some examples of this and see this stuff in action. Uh, but before we do that, so just kind of recap. So GraphQL is really this uh, server-side type of solution that provides, similar to your concept of a REST or some other API data endpoint that's going to give you a way to request data and get data back, that sort of thing. And, and you're, you're crafting this with GraphQL on the server side. And then you have uh, that, like you mentioned, you could consume through any client kind of hit by hitting the, this endpoint, right, and, and using the specification. And then Apollo comes into play because it can help you uh, do that within your frameworks and platforms that you're using to kind of compose the stuff that that you could do manually, but um, helps kind of tie that stuff together and make that even easier, correct? Yes. Um, uh, I, yes, I mean, I mean the Apollo Client actually, like, it's, it's just, yeah, it's an easier way to use it into, into your uh, Angular apps. Um, if, we, if we're talking Angular 2, then we provide service, like, a serv like Apollo service that you can inject to your component, or we can provide a decorator to put on top of your component, and with Angular 1, uh, you can actually just use the Apollo client itself and just wrap it with like a dollar promise or something, but we can also uh, provide you that if you need. Um, yeah, and, and the important thing about what you said about the, like the data server-side technology, the, for me, uh, I look at it as a middleware, um, because I used to be, I don't know, maybe that's just my, the way I'm looking at things, but I used to be a, uh, an Angular consultant, like in some like big companies, and, and usually you come in as an Angular consultant and you make all the client side nice, but then you need to call the server and, you know, they're not playing nice with you. And, uh, and, uh, and, and for me, GraphQL, it's, it's perfect for that because I can put like a middleware that I write in Node, that is basically I'm writing there the same code 
that I used to do on the client side, right? I'm right. I'm like because until now we used to call a few REST endpoints and then merge the data on the client side uh, with very like not really good tools to do that, and then serve it. In, and we'll do all in, all that in the client. Now GraphQL comes in as a like a middleware technology that I know Node, so it's very simple for me, and that gives me tools to call the same REST endpoints on the server. Um, and and then serve to the client just the data it needs with just one request. So it gives me more tools as a um, let's say as a client developer to separate like the I don't want to say horrible things, but to separate the the, the things that I don't like on the server and get only the things that I need from the client. And it gives me more freedom. Uh, and it also gives me I don't know uh, I I keep being like also in Meteor I kept talking about in the Angular community about the server and things like that, uh, I, I think it's a good starting point for front-end developers to dig into more like full-stack stuff. Like it's very easy, you use Node, you use very simple tools, and you can start doing more. Then. Cool, very cool. Uh, well, I uh, oh yeah, go ahead. So you mentioned that uh, Apollo allow you to dive from the child component or the parent component into child components to grab additional data for the other down the component tree. Is there a way to specify that you don't necessarily want to walk into a component to grab its child data? Because otherwise, I could see you possibly loading way too much data uh, up front rather than just uh, maybe the one or two children down that you wanted. Yeah, and the, that's that's a good question because. Uh, so we have, there's two very, let's say, the, I hope I'm not missing anything, anyone, but hurting anyone, but the, the two biggest clients of GraphQL uh, on, on, and JavaScript clients are Relay and Apollo. And Relay is, is uh, developed by Facebook, and it's only, there's no Angular client for, for that. Um, but it's also very, very opinionated. And Apollo, in Apollo, we tried, in Apollo client, we tried, first of all, to support all, any client you want. Like, it doesn't matter what framework do you use. But also, you can uh, customize any behavior that you want to do. Um, so you can specify, we, we do a lot more also than what I've said, but uh, let's say refetching, um, like, while well, long polling, we're going to support subscription now, subscriptions for live data. Um, and which which are new things, but it's all customizable. So you can decide when to fetch a component. You can decide not to fetch any component um, uh, or a certain component. Yeah, you can do, of course. Yeah, that's a good question. We're going to break for a moment for a message from Angular class. This episode of Angular Air is sponsored by Angular class. If you're looking to learn the latest and greatest in modern web development techniques, or you need Angular 2 training, then sign up today at angularclass.com. Welcome back. Let's pick it up where we left off. All right, can you uh, give us some demos here? Give, yeah. Show us some code and kind of yeah. dive into something and see what it's all about? Yeah, okay. So let's, I'm going to just, so first of all, maybe just, uh, uh, wait, I'm sharing my screen. Let me know if you see that. Yeah. Um, I'll make see it that. a bit bigger. So, Perfect. so it's a very, um, it's a not, it's a very not technical demo, but I think it's important to start. Uh, let's say that I have a server. I wrote my uh, my Angular app, or I'm trying to write my Angular app, and uh, and I need to start talking to the server now, and I have no idea what I'm gonna get. Uh, so first of all, uh, this what you see here, it's called graphical. It's, it's a tool that is based on the fact that uh, GraphQL gives you all that information on the API that you're using. So I can just add this tool to my server, and instantly I, get, I can query the server with whatever I need. So for example, I have no idea like what, do I, what am I going to get now, but I can just do this, and I can look at the query, and I can see that I have all the information here from the server. And nobody needed to write this documentation, okay? It's just by, by having a GraphQL API, you get that for free. So now I can just start experimenting. So I can start 
writing here and I get like all these, you know, auto-completion things. Uh, and I want to, from all, all films, and I want, let's say, for, I don't know what film is. So if I go to all films, I see that it has films connection. Uh, it's, it's type of fields connection, and then I can, I think I can get, a, um, let's say, uh, a, let me, okay. um, let me just, uh, I don't remember, oh, yeah, I need to load fields, and then I need a parameter, like after one, and then I, uh, for each film, I can get, a, let's say, a title. And I'm totally exper experimenting here. Like, this is something that I haven't remembered. Like, I don't remember even how I did it at the beginning. So I'm just looking at the documentation. Um, so let's, yeah, let's, uh, you know what? Let's take the after, like first um, five films. And then, ah, and then I'll get the films, sorry for the things, and then I'll get the title, sorry for the, I'm just experimenting here, but now you can see that I have for, I get films, and this is like a regular query, all the films, are, and I, from all the films I get just the first five, and those, the first, it actually like, it's all kinds of tools that I get out of the box from GraphQL, I get the first five, it's something that we trust there's all there's no standard for this thing. So there's all kinds of ways you could get it, but in GraphQL there's one way of doing this. And that from the films I get the title, but I don't know, maybe I can get more things from the film. So I just look at here and I can get, let's say, uh, starships. Um, or let's say a let's I'll take a director, for example. So I just add a director and I call the same API. Think about the same arrest endpoint, but now I'm getting the title and the director. And there's more information out there, but I don't get the only information. I just get the information that I need. And if you think about, this is the query from the client. That's all. Like, it's super, super simple. Uh, and, uh, and I get only the information that I need. And if I'm looking at it, I, I like if I would compare it into, let's say, REST and query parameters, then this makes more sense for me. This is just easier. But now there's more things that I can do. So for example, um, I want to get uh, characters. So I'll get, the, I'll get the character connection. I can see here, the, again, the characters that play in the film. So I'll take the character connection. And let's take the first, uh, I don't know, three. And then I need the character. And the characters themselves, the three. And let's say, I don't know what is a character, what a character has. So a character is the type of a person. Again, you see it's typed. And it means that I can also have validation. So if I'm, I know now that a character has a name. So I can now get, if I'll query this thing, I'll get all the films with, uh, like the first five films with their titles and directors and the characters for each film with their names. In one request, one single request, and I, don't, if, and I haven't changed anything on the server. I'm, I'm querying the same server. So this is very strong, but also, if you look, because it's a type thing, so let's say I make, made a mistake and I'm, I'm getting the age. There's no age. Oh, wait, so it, it autocorrect me, but if there's an age and there's not age, then I, I can actually validate that. You see that now this is, a, this is something that happens on the client. I can validate that I'm making a wrong API request on the client before even like, deploying the server before calling the REST API, uh, I get that for free. And I think this is very powerful. This is like saves tons of time if you work with an old backend or things like that. Um, so, and I can go as deep as I want, okay? So I can go, let's say, um, now we have a characters, but maybe we want for each character to see how many star, like what, what starships they use. So I'll go to Starship Connection, 
And for each static, let's take, a, a, for example, Starship, and then I get the Starships. And for each Starship, let's take the, I don't know, the, the name and the model. Name and model. And I went even one level deeper, and I got it all in one request. So um, this is, again, very powerful, and I can go as deep as I want here. I can go five levels in, I can go seven levels in, and I get everything in one request. Now, this is something that's called a Swapy. Swapy is the REST API for like uh, Star Wars uh, figures. Um, but uh, the, if you look at the REST API itself, like the regular API that it's based on, which is probably, it's a very, very, very well uh, de designed REST API. It's like a good example for best practices and things like that. If I go to the documentation, this is so long, I have no idea where to start it, you know? Um, it's crazy. Like, I can go here, and it's just, it's amazing how how this thing makes it so simple. Um, and if you're going to want to query all that stuff directly from that REST API, doing exactly what you just did, we'd be making multiple calls to different REST endpoints at that point, right? Exactly, exactly. So, so again, you can think about each of those things as just one uh, request that you would do uh, from uh, a certain uh, API call, which already will solve you a lot of like API calls. Like it, the interesting thing, I did the same like very similar demo uh, in my Barcelona talk, and there was really poor connection there, and I was really nervous, but uh, but it worked because it was one rest rest call. If it was few, I think it would, there was not a chance it would work. Um, and, and then you can also think about it as, let's say, if we're talking about the Apollo client, you can think about it as, let's say, there's a parent component that brings the title and the director. But then the, you render a child component that brings the characters and the names. And then that renders another child component that uh, renders the starships. And now that starship component, um, let's go, where is starships? Then that component changed, and now they're also bringing in the length of the of the thing, uh, the length of the starship. So you get the same API, you get the same thing, but the parent components haven't changed at all. So this is very powerful. The server haven't hasn't changed, and the and the all the other components in your uh, front end app haven't hasn't changed. So this is a very simple uh, demo for uh, uh, just the API. You can use this. Like this is a public. Uh, it's a public thing that uh, um, Facebook uh, uh, shared, uh, and you can use that. They build it to show an example and to show a GraphQL, um, and anyone can use it and play with it. Um, uh, yeah, and that's 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 the first demo I wanted just to show. And without even talking about Angular and, and things like that, I wanted to show the power of this. Like, how can you, uh, yeah, how powerful it is. And so the uh, the query that you were writing on the, on the one side, um, if we notice it, it mapped to the data that you got back. So you're not only querying that data, but you're also shaping the response data that you want back, right? Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, uh, exactly. So... Um, uh, I, I know exactly what I'm going to get. And for example, one, so th it brings me to another like, good, important thing to say that a lot of people are asking. They're asking, okay, but what about post requests? What if I want to, or RPC? What if I want to change something on the server and not just querying? So GraphQL is also that. It's not, um, it's not just querying. And I, I'm, I'm telling you that um, uh, because of your, your, what you said, because I can shape the response in post request. I can send post requests, and I'm not sure exactly what I'll get back as well. So, but with GraphQL, I can send a, it's called a mutation. It's a request to change data. But then I can also specify how, how I want the, to, the, the response to be. So if I'm a client, and, and it's, it's, um, I think this is an amazing feature for if you build forms or anything like that, 
because you can specify what what is your validation as a client that the data is fine, and you you can also specify um, when you when you post a form and and you wait for a response, you can specify exactly what the response will be that will help you to get the best um, experience for the user uh, when when the you know when his data changed like we click the form and say uh, clicked yes you know exactly the data you can specify the data that you want to get back so the experience will be as easy as you want as a client developer because you you know that better from the backend developer so, okay, so yes this is very powerful okay so let me get this straight before I get too excited about this because it's kind of <laughs> exciting right so typical REST or or any other endpoint right I'm I'm posting my form data uh, saying here here's my new order. Here's all the data, and that endpoint is going to give me back my order information in this full thing, right? Yeah. But in here, I can use with the mutation and do the do the post saying, "Here's my update, my data." Oh, and by the way, only give me back the order ID because I don't care about the rest. Exactly. Okay, that's, that's and, pretty cool. And, right? and you 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 said like the good the the happy uh, uh, scenario, like you might be just getting like a, I don't know. 200, or just get like yes, or whatever the server uh, developer decided to post at that time. Um, and there's an, another like I also just I have to I'm sorry, but I have to say another thing about this same scenario that you can, we also support in Apollo client something called optimistic UI. So let's say you post um, you post uh, you send the post the user clicks save. You can immediately, you don't need a spinner or anything like that, you can immediately uh, change the data, say, okay, I, I presumably it works. I assume it works. And then the data will change instantly, the user won't need to wait. But then when the server gets the data back, the data that you requested, you can say, okay, forget about this uh, optimistic data that I just invented for the user to be happy, here is the real data. So the user gets like instant uh, feedback. It doesn't need to wait, and it doesn't feel like a doesn't feel like a site. It feels like an app. Right. And these are things that you know people could say, oh well, I could solve these things in these other ways, right? It's not how big of a deal it is. But really, we're talking about when we think about the performance, the delivery, the size of our apps, the the fact that we're living in this client side application. That really, at that point that's given to the user and then from there they're they're making all these micro requests going on I mean we, we have to be cognizant of the payload the size of those things and then the, how that thing changes over time and then the UIs that we want to implement right and this gives us a, so much more control over that ability to, to to manage those things that that are important especially when we talk about mobile and, and all these other ways to deliver these applications uh, uh, it really surfaces as something that's like cool I need to solve that I need to be paying attention oh nice this thing helps me do that yeah, I think you put it like perfectly right. Like my guess is that now that people would start talking about, uh, start experimenting with more and more people will start experimenting with Angular 2, and then probably okay. So there's a lot of information about how to write a component, and there's great tutorials people in all over the community are writing. Um, but then probably their first question they will get into when they write real app is, okay, how do I, how this thing change the way that I'm calling the server, right? Like. And, and I just I googled a bit about this question because I want to probably write a blog post about it like next week or something. But so I googled like this question, and there's a lot of open. If anyone wants to get points now on uh, on Stack Overflow, there's a lot of open questions in Stack Overflow that are just like dead empty. Like, uh, how do I get the data if my parent? What is the best practice to fetch data from my? A child component and parent component, and the child, just what we talked before. Uh, yeah, so I guess that will be like the next thing that most people will ask. And so Yuri, I have one question for you. What? So you talked about Apollo client. What is Apollo's server component that goes with it? And do I have to use Apollo client with Apollo server, or could I just just use GraphQL? How does that work? Oh, that's a that's a perfect uh, question. Uh, yeah, one of the things we're thinking about the name, you know, and when you say Apollo Server and Apollo Client, people instantly think, oh, so I have to use them both, or they're somehow connected. But there's no connection at all. It's two different, it's like different people working on different sides, building different tools. 
Uh, GraphQL is the middleware is the standard. It's like when you use REST, you have no idea and no assumption about what's happening on the other side in terms of technology and um, implementation. And this is exactly the same here. So Apollo Server gives you a few uh, tools that help you, uh, specifically if you write JavaScript uh, node servers, um, to use uh, GraphQL. But first of all, you don't need to use them. You don't have to use them. Um, it just helps, and, and you can write a graph. So uh, for example, Facebook released a, a server-side implementation in Node of GraphQL. So you can just use that. So Apollo Server is actually like it's an enhancement for that. It's a tool that help you to use that thing. Um, but you can also write a, like a GraphQL server in .NET, you know? Uh, you can write uh, a, you can write the GraphQL server in um, in Python. So if you if you're the front end developer and you don't have any access to the back end server, you can write you can write it in Node as a middleware. But if you are if you're a full stack developer or if your back end developers are also really excited, you got them really excited about GraphQL, you can just they can just use the .NET client or any other that you need. So. Cool. So, all right, uh, next demo, what you got for us? Well, before you do, I have a question. Because yeah. I'm, nope. I'm going to assume that you're going to get into Angular here, um, <laughs> the Apollo client. Yeah. So my question is, I saw a lot of types in the um, tool that you were using to show the sample uh, querying of the Swappy uh, API there, the Star Wars API. Do any of those types then come down through the query? Uh, into TypeScript, because that would be phenomenal to say, hey, you've got types <laughs> and you're defining that there. And then in my code, when I'm performing that query, that I get to see that, all right, eye color is one of the fields I saw as a string. So I'll know that that value is there. That's that's a really great question. Uh, yes, so um, just uh, we had the, um, we had a meetup on GraphQL, I think it was two two weeks ago. And actually, one of the guys who talked were... Um, so actually, when I met I met uh, Stefan from the Angular team, I think a month ago, I got here to San Francisco, and that was the first question. Because uh, um, what what happened is that uh, we built kind of a, like a demo app together. It's called Apollo Ship. Uh, I can like later on I can post a link for it. Uh, and we built it like the Angular team built the front end, and we built like the and then we connected the the Apollo client into it. Um, and one of the things that happened is that um, the people who wrote it on the Angular team, they wrote interfaces, uh, like uh, TypeScript interfaces for the components. Mm -hmm. But then uh, when we got in, we, uh, the first thing I saw was, okay, you have interface, let's say, for a car. And a car has many information, but the this, this small component don't need all the information of the car. It needs just, like, parts of it. Right. Right? It does the, so... You need somehow to connect those two, and it's it's an it's like a, it's the first question you want to say, and I think that's also uh, like we now we tell we want to use TypeScript like and then using REST with, or not GraphQL is like it's also kind of like using JavaScript without the types. So um, so then so, sorry for the wrong sorry, but uh, then then uh, two weeks ago and, and and I said yeah like we can do that for sure we we're actually doing something very similar on the iOS client because the iOS client is written in Swift and we want to generate the types the Swift types from the queries <laughs> so I said yeah we do it with the with the, with the iOS client and we want to and we'll get to TypeScript as well but this is I think something that the community can and should do. Um, I would love help if someone wants to just experiment with that. I think it's, uh, it's amazing. And, but then two weeks ago, uh, in the meetup came the guy who wrote Graphical, this cool editor that I showed before. Um, and, uh, and, and, the, the, and he said, he basically showed how they use an internal, like in Facebook they use Flow. Um, but he showed how they generate uh, they have all kinds of approaches. They took like three approaches. At the beginning, they just generated the code, and then they did some other stuff. I'm sorry that I don't remember exactly, but I'll send also the link to the to the talk. Um, they showed their way of how they generate types, and we can use the same thing with Flow or TypeScript. 
um, to, to generate exactly the types that you need when you need them. So it was a very good talk. I'll, I'll reference the, the link to the talk in the, in the end of the, in the comments or wherever we, we post them. And, and I think it's a good opportunity for someone from the community to look at the same work that they've done on Flow and do the same for TypeScript and TypeScript in general and Angular developers in, 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 in particular. So, yeah. yeah cool. All right, let's squeeze some more demos in here. What you got? Okay. So, okay, so let me think, what, what do I do? Okay, let's do uh, Angular, right? That's what we're here for. <laughs> um, let me see what I got. Um, okay, so I have, I have an Angular, a very simple, so this is an app that I showed. Wait, I'll make it a little bit bigger. Can you see uh, my screen? Yep. That's good, thank you. So I have here um, a very, very simple app uh, that it was, we actually presented it in the Boston meetup. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a video, I think there is. Um, and we presented, there's, it was a short presentation with, with the GraphQL team from Facebook uh, and myself. And uh, Stefan from the Angular team was there as well. And w they presented, uh, they, they actually created two a API's server. One is a REST API server and one is a graphic, GraphQL API server that serve the same data. Uh, and then they created a jQuery app, a very simple jQuery app that, that reads that, this data. So let me just run it. Um, so we have start. Yeah, so we have this thing, and now let's run. Okay, the gods of live uh, live demos, oh, bear with me. And yes, and this is a very 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 simple app, as you can see. But I think it shows uh, what we've talked about before, where um, uh, we have a. We have an author, and then for each author we have his books, and for each books we have the name and the picture, and very, very simple. Um, now, uh, but, but what I wanted to show here, and, and this demo also, by the way, I won't show all the demos here because I'll focus particularly this time on Angular 2, but I can also, later I'll send the link to the repo because there's an Angular 1 example. And, just, just to say that the Angular 1 example here is very interesting because it take, it shows that, for me, it's very interesting because it shows that in Angular 1, we want to use the same best practices as we use with Angular 2, right? And then the, and it shows why it's also relevant. All the things that we're talking about, Angular 2, also relevant to Angular 1. Like, I don't see a, that difference from the apps that I'm writing now uh, from Angular 2 for, and Angular 1. I feel like it's more a, like a conceptual change and less of a, I mean, there's also obviously a lot of the framework change, but I think the conceptual change is even more important. So everything I'm saying here is, is also, it means exactly the same for, uh, for Angular 1, not only for Angular 2. So it's a very simple app. Um, let me think what, uh, what should I show? Okay, so uh, there's an app component, and the app component is actually like shared, is rendering the author component. Very, very simple. Sorry for the TypeScript uh, things here. Um, I will dig into that later and not now, but uh, a, a very, very simple component with the author and the image and the author and the name, um, and then the book, the book and the image and the book and the title. Now, that's cool. Um, and, and we have, but we have few ways of how to serve this data, right? So um, in, in a regular app, what we would do, and let me change here so we'll just do the first way of sh like getting the data. So we have, I have here three ways of fetching the data. Uh, we'll call it fetch one, fetch version two, and fetch version three. And it's, it's nice because it wasn't my idea. It was the idea of the Facebook, uh, developers, and so it's a very good idea to show how do we usually fetch this. So you can see that the first way of fetching it, 
from the REST endpoint, let me maybe show the REST API. Mm. Yeah, I won't show. I just I'll maybe uh, well, the best thing to show actually is um, to look at the at the schema. Um, but um, mm. no, I, I want the window. Let me. Okay, I'll just I'll just show how we fetch it. You will get it. But if you have a question, tell me. I'll try to not to not be too slow and not be too deep. So, so tell me, tell me to go faster or slower. So the first way we we usually fetch data is we get the authors. We get we have a single REST endpoint to get all the authors. Then we get the authors, and then from each author we get the books for each author, and then we get the books for each author, and when we get this request we go and fetch the information for each book by its ID. And then we get the data. And that's cool. So if we look here, I'll uh, refresh this. Hopefully it will work. Mm -hmm. I think it's because you have no uh, REST endpoint started. So. Mm, I think I restart. I started it. Yeah, I have a REST endpoint started. Ah, but I didn't do the... Uh, is it a real data or, or sample data? I don't remember. Let me look. Sorry, like the gods of the thing. No, this is supposed to be OK. I don't remember why. OK, so maybe we'll get something here. But let's look at the, how does the network look? Mm, get the authors. Authors is fine. Oh, this is because of this. So we have no access to it. Okay, so okay, I won't fix it right now, but I'll, I'll show it anyway. So this is how we used to do it, okay? And if you look, I don't change anything in the app. The app is doing exactly the same. But uh, then I will, there's another, the second way of how we do it is we, we'll go and tell the, the server people, okay, and if we're lucky, they'll do what we tell them. They say, okay, we need all that information. Can you create a new REST endpoint that brings all that information uh, that we need? And so if we're lucky, they're going to do that. And, and then they'll create another REST endpoint, and then we'll get everything, right? We'll, we'll call the REST endpoint and get everything back. Uh, and that's nice, but now if something changed, uh, we need to change that, that everything URL. And it's a thing we need to maintain. And also, we'll get so much information for that everything. I hope this will work. We'll, I'll change it here, and I'll hope yeah, uh, the, fish, the, the API will work. Looking well, please. Okay, and then we get we get now we the this version of the API of the REST API works, but if we look at the information, um, let me let's refresh this and do the thing again. So you see that the everything endpoint, if we get look at the response, we get so much information that we don't need. Right, like because now it's the everything endpoint. I get tons of information. I don't need that information, uh, and I still get it. So it makes everything slower, and it makes the the server the server um, development. And now they need to maintain more things, and probably there will be bugs and everything. But then I'll go to the last uh, way of fetching things, which is a very simple. And this is how you, the only thing you need to do to use a Apollo in your, uh, in your Angular app. You just need to do npm install uh, Angular 2 Apollo. Um, and then you just import the service. You need to initialize the client. I'll show you how to do it. You need to define, like, where is that uh, API that you want to use. And you can define all kinds of, like you asked before, like, especially uh, for, like, particular information or customizable information if you want to change that. And then the only thing you need to do is just to crawl that service uh, and just specify the query. And this query, you just copy-paste it from the, the same editor that I showed you before. 
this is a, an ES6, uh, you know, a template uh, thingy. I don't remember the name, but um, I just specify in one query all the information that I need, and and I get exactly that information with one call. Let's let's look at that. So I'll refresh the thing, and you can see that I have one GraphQL request, and I get exactly. Is it big enough? I, I don't know. But uh, can I increase this? I hope you can see this, but um, uh, I get exactly the data that I requested in one uh, in one go. And I don't know if you see that as well, but the rendering of this is actually faster. So because it is actually faster, and there's more a lot of like more ways of how to improve that and how to make. Uh, you can also use it with server-side rendering. You can um, you can get that information from the start, from when you first render the app and make it faster. But but in general, it's just more efficient, more and faster. And let's say I'll have another. I want another field. Let me let me try something. Uh, I don't know if we added here. Uh, it's okay. the ser yeah, it's the server is five thousand. I think. Uh, Oh, I'll try something. I hope it works. Okay, so you see that I'm looking now at the server that I wrote, and I have the same editor. So now if I'm looking, let's say that I want to add now from the book, I want to query more things. So I can look at the book, and I can see that it also... So let's do, let's do a test. I'll just take this um, simple thing. This this the same query that I've done. Um, I'll put it here, uh, and I'll get the same information. And now I'll add the description. Okay, I'll see. I'll test it, and I'll see that I get the description. Then I'll just copy paste it back into my query, and hopefully, again, if the gods of the live uh, demos will work. Then, if I look at the graphical endpoint, I get also the description. So that's very easy. Like if I'm like thinking about the day-to-day -day development when I'm working against my API, and I can just go here and experiment and add the author, and then I need the author ID or like or um, I don't know if like or I'll get the first and then for the author I get the name and that's how I work in my day to day and yeah I don't know this ah yeah and then I get the name and I get this thing here uh, then. And then I just copy paste it back to my code. I just see that it saves me so much time. So, so again, that's how it looks. Like if you look at the actual app, um, the app is looking like exactly like a regular Angular app. Uh, I just this is the part where I'm initializing the Apollo client. Uh, I can do this is like the credential same origin. So if you saw that my my bug before that I didn't specify the, the cross-origin thing, then I can just specify it here on the, when, I, when I'm defining the, the Angular client. And other than that, uh, my app basically looks the same. Uh, so so adding, adding Apollo into your, your Angular app is super simple. It's as simple as like defining, a, like bringing the Apollo to, uh, Angular to Apollo from here and calling the query. Um, yeah, I guess that's the second demo. Uh, All right, uh, very, very cool. We're actually running out of time. We've got to wrap things up here, so I guess we got the two demos. But why don't you tell us uh, more where we can uh, get more information and start playing with this stuff. Uh, yeah, so first of all, sorry for the demo. It took a bit lo more longer. My, my idea for the third demo was um, to do what I've, uh, what I've shown before um, on... Uh, actually, you can put those queries, the same um, 
string that I copy pasted from the thing, but for each component and change it inside the component. So this is a very powerful thing, and that was my next demo. But to shift to see it, then um, first of all, uh, I think first thing if you want to learn actually about GraphQL, then there's a site called learngraphql.com, I think. Um, that is super good. Like just in general about GraphQL, I think it's a very good starting point. Um, then when you want to start it with your Angular app, just you can go to the Apollo Apollo. Uh, Website you can write, I think, I'll share the link, of course, but you can just write, like, Angular GraphQL or Angular Apollo or whatever. Um, and there's a lot of demo apps that shows those things, and we have docs. Um, and, yeah, and, and, and there's more, like, talks that, uh, that I gave, and I think uh, Camille is doing a, you're doing a workshop, I think, tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow at uh, our time. It will be, like, 10 a.m., for Angular Zone, yeah, exactly. So Angular Zone, uh, there's going to be a workshop tomorrow, uh, which will go much deeper and, uh, than I do. And yeah, so you can just come and, and try then. Oh, and you can just, we have a Slack channel, uh, Apollo Slack. Just ping us there, and you can ask like general questions, or you can privately just message us. We love to help. Uh, very cool. All right, we'll get those things up in the show notes, uh, links for people. Um, so we got to get this thing wrapped up. we got our sh a second show coming up right after this uh, on NG1 to NG2, how to migrate uh, with Joe Eames. So we got to uh, clear out for that. So let's get to our picks real quick, and we'll wrap it up. Um, I'll start with my pick. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Ben Nadal. Uh, he's a guy who's out there doing a lot of uh, write-ups uh, on his blog. I want to plug his blog uh, B-E-N-N-A-D-E-L.com. Uh, he's diving into all kinds of Angular 2 stuff, and he basically puts up blog posts and videos about his experience of so really trying to learn and understand the stuff. A ton of great content. You can also follow him on Twitter uh, at BenNadel.com, or BenNadel, B-E-N-N-A-D-E-L. So that's my pick. All right, uh, Mike, what you got? Sure. Uh, my pick today is NGRX. Uh, a lot of people have been talking to the community, not just Angular, about Redox. Uh, take a look at NGRX as a way of centralizing your state in an immutable object uh, to be able to have those changes uh, observed throughout your application. So taking advantage of the power of observables through NGRX. Definitely cool. recommend it. Cool. And Jim? Uh, cool, yeah. Yuri actually already talked about two of mine. Uh, first off is learngraphql.com, and the second one is graphical. Uh, those are like the two gateways to GraphQL Zen if you want to start off somewhere. Um, and then the third one um, is a package that I just released called GRA. Uh, it's G-R-A. When you're writing your backends in GraphQL, um, you have to repeat GraphQL integer type over and over and over. And someone on Twitter suggested that we have, like, a really short way of expressing those things because you tend to just have one of those for every single field. So uh, check out GRA on G-R-A on NPM. And then the last one I'll pick is Committizen. Um and that is a project that I have worked on, and it's I, the goal is to make uh, commit messages a little bit uh, easier to work with and follow conventions. That's all I've got. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Dimitri? Uh, everybody of us was using Bootstrap.js, but uh, we never mentioned that we're using Teaser. Is it? It's an awesome positioning library. Uh, it was like, it's so nice and invisible that we never making attention to just go there and make some star because it's really cool and easy to use. And I really like Angular 2 Apollo. Really, ni really nice. And GraphQL idea is really cool. Uh, what will be really cool is when the GraphQL will be easy to write on the back end. <laughs> That's it. Cool, cool. All right, Yuri, what do you got for uh, us? Camille first. Oh, I've got an update, but I should definitely recommend you to read about GraphQL subscription because this thing is becoming, like, more popular and, like, close to the real-time feature, so it's nice to just don't be left behind, so yeah, that's the thing. Cool. And my picks are not the technological. Uh, the first thing is the goal zero. I, I'm, the only thing I have, I don't have a house, I just have a bag, that everything I have is in it. And I always want have this dream of going anywhere or be able to work anywhere. So I bought recently a thing called Goal Zero. It's a solar panel and a battery. 
And the amazing thing is that it actually charges my MacBook and my 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 uh, phone, and it's amazing. I can just go everywhere, and it actually works. It's crazy. And the fact the second pick is uh, Burning Man. I just came back two days ago, uh, so sorry if I was a little bit off on the talk, but uh, but it's amazing. Like everyone told me before that, and that it's like just like yeah, it's amazing. You have to see it. It's indescribable. Right. Everyone should go. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Yuri, for joining us. Thanks for bringing Camille on with, a, with you. And uh, thanks to all our panelists. Appreciate it. It was a great show. Thanks for dropping the knowledge on GraphQL. Thank you so much. Thank you thanks. for having us.